summoned through the dimension of sound. People explore the musical world which they believe to be true. But there is a world unheard by some that is filled with stories of an unknown reality, a jazz side. My guest today on Tales from the Jazz Side is with vocalist extraordinaire, Whoa. <laughs> Sheila Jordan. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's an introduction and a half. I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here in my house. Yes, beautiful Talking house. to you. Beautiful house. And I thank you so much for doing this. You know I'm the really name of this house, right? No. The property, it's out there on my big red barn, Charlie Parker Place. Oh, okay, because I took a picture of that barn. Did you? But I didn't know that was the name of the place. Yeah, this that's the name of the Charlie Parker place. I got that sign when they did the very first bird festival in New York City. Oh, okay. Around his birthday, they have a jazz festival. And uh, that was one of the, the presents they gave me. I couldn't believe it. Wow. It was a duplicate. They named a street after bird that that particular day. It was right, the very right. first jazz down, festival. Was that downtown? Yeah, it was Manhattan, right. right? Yeah, yeah, right. It was Where on, I think it's 4th Street. It was right Avenue A. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right past the park. And wow, I couldn't believe it. So I put it on my barn. I said, yeah, Charlie Parker place. And this is great because when I was coming up and I said, I think this is the house. And when I pulled up, I said, Charlie Parker. I, I know where I am. <laughs> gotta be Charlie. I know where I am yeah. now. Yeah. Well. So it's just great. So, you know, um, you know, this is a very pivotal moment for me because uh, that I'm interviewing you because I am a, a really huge fan of yours. And I oh, really respect you. your work and what, really? the thank uniqueness you. and the 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 uh, the way that you approach singing. You know, uh -huh. it's you. It's, uh -huh. it's you. It's got you all over it. And it's like <laughs> no one else on it. And, and I really admire that. And uh -huh. thank um, you. And so there's quite a bit I'm going to ask you. Okay. Because uh, I just want to know. Yes, <laughs> And I'm of sure course. a lot of people want to know. Now, um, Detroit. Detroit lady. Um, yes. So you were born in Detroit. Yes. Uh, raised in Philadelphia. And then you no. were... No. No? Raised in uh, near South Fork, Pennsylvania, Summerhill, Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. In the coal mining area. My grandparents lived there because my mother was... I think she was just about 17 when she had me. She couldn't raise me, so she sent me to live with my grandparents because my father married her the night I was born or the day after or whatever, mm -hmm. but he never really took care of me, and they never stayed together. He had another woman, so... Oh, okay. okay. You know, so yeah. uh, my grandparents... I stayed with my grandparents, and it was a very poverty-stricken you know, community, and there are a lot of coal miners, and most of the families were coal miners, so it was it was very difficult, especially for us. Our family was the poorest. There were, well, two, one of the poor, there were two poor, very poor families, and my family, my grandparents were, fam was one of those uh, families, okay. and uh, there was a lot of alcoholism in my family, and uh, then we had the... Um, we had the my my three generation grandmother is uh, is uh, was queen of the Seneca Nation. Oh wow! Yeah, I just wow. got a whole thing on that, and uh, 
I have to laugh. I, when I read that, I say, oh, if Columbus had discovered America, mm -hmm. man, I'd be royalty today, you know, seriously. If she was, a, if she was, her name was Queen Aliquippa. Okay. And she was, was so, uh, you know, there's not a lot known about her, but she was very strong and to the point where they named a city, a little town in Pennsylvania wow. after her, Aliquippa. Alquippa, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I'll send you the link. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah I'll send you the link on it. Add that so that's you. that made me very proud and and even more so, you know, like uh, whoa, you know. <laughs> but you know, of course we you know, don't give those half breeds fire water and right, right. so having been brought up in in prejudice like that, uh I totally identified with the Afro-Americans right, in right. more ways than one. Right, right. Basically the music, but I felt, I always felt at home and I felt I wasn't being judged and I felt that these were really my friends yeah. and they were. Yeah, and like you in know? school when yes. you um, yeah. preferred to kind of hung out more with Well, when I moved to Detroit in Pennsylvania, we didn't have any Afro-American families in our little coal mining town. Okay. Johnstown, which was about 12 miles away, the steel mills, they had, you know, Afro-American families, but in my little town, no. But, you know, it was... Yeah. My grandfather was never prejudiced. Right, she right. always said the 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 poor those poor people get blamed for everything. Yeah, that yeah. I remember that very distinctly, and I thought he was pretty cool. The fact that he never had a high school education, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and the fact that he knew what his background was, so he knew what that all was. Yeah, exactly. Even with his alcoholism, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so the Appalachian. You know, uh, a lot of people, if you mention Appalachian to any young person, most people, mm -hmm. here, they have no idea uh -huh. why they would, would, you know, separate and say, okay, this is the Appalachian area. Or what? Yeah. what is that, you know, if we could just kind of explain it a little bit with the... I will tell you the truth. I'm going to be very honest with you. I really don't know. I just know that I, re I know, I, you know, as a kid, I remember the Appalachian area, the Appalachian Mountains or whatever, you know, I remember. I just took it for granted. It was part of, you know. Wow, yeah. But uh, I was trying to think of what did they call our... Uh, because we lived in a little valley. There was a big mountain that, that was right across the creek from the old house that we lived in. And uh, I always was astounded by these mountains, you know, yeah. as a little kid. And uh uh, that's where I did all my singing. Yes, because that's what I wanted to ask you, too. Um, like, how old were you when you kind of started singing? You know, there's that moment when you know this is, yeah. this is how old were you? I'll tell you about My mother said when I was born, I came out singing, not <laughs> crying. Really? She said that. I said, Mother, were you drunk? Because <laughs> she had a drinking problem, unfortunately. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but yeah, still. Yeah, actually, she died from the disease. But I said, Mother, were you drunk? She said, no, 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 no. When you you were born, you were, I swear you sang a note, tuned wow. a couple of notes. Wow. I said, oh my God. And uh, so the one reason that I sang all the time was it made me feel better. Yeah. And I was very unhappy. I I hated the torments, and uh, they knew as uh, they knew in in the in the teachers knew that I loved to sing, and they used to put me, have me sing at PTAs in different places, and 
then I'd get harassed after, bullied by the kids. They'd make fun of me. So actually for a while I stopped singing because mm. I couldn't take the harassment. I stopped singing as far as singing at like and little benefits stuff, or PTA yeah. meetings or stuff. But I always sang. It just made me feel better. Yeah. I would sing aunts constantly from the time I got up. My, I remember I would say, will you shut that kid up? Is she ever going <laughs> to shut up? You know, and mom said, no, she loves to sing, you know. Yeah, wow, that's so, amazing. So, yeah. so you would sing, when you stopped, like, uh, actually singing for events, she'd sing to the mountains. You oh, yeah, yeah, of right course, there. yeah. And <laughs> then I, I always had to pass a graveyard, so I was afraid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I would sing to the spirits, I guess, you know, right, right. like kids sing. Yeah, because they would say that, either yeah. sing or whistle, I think it was. One yeah, whistle or sing, I would, would sing, yeah. So now, when you actually went back to Detroit... I was uh, about, I was a teenager. Was and a I, teenager. I think I was in my second year high school. Okay, okay, so you were there, and uh, was that when you joined the Skeeter Mitch and your... What happened was, I was in high school, and during our lunch hour, there was a jukebox and a little hamburger hangout, mm -hmm. And I was always trying to find new music or listen to what was on the jukebox. And I saw this one thing, actually right over there on the wall, yeah. is uh, somebody gave me that at a concert a few years ago, is the first recording I ever heard. And it was called Charlie Parker and His Reboppers. And I thought, I read that and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. I wonder what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah. And I put... I, you know, I was always singing, but I didn't know what kind of music I wanted to sing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the songs of the day were, were popular because they were the Gershwins yeah, and they were the, the pop, Cole, pop Por mm -hmm. Cole Porter, all these great composers. So we had like a hit parade in these tunes. You know, you could hear them uh, on the radio. We didn't always have a radio because we didn't pay our bill. So if we yeah. paid our bill, we had a little radio. But you could get the sheet music too. I mean, not sheet music, but they had like these booklets with all the lyrics in them. So, but I remember I put that nickel in the jukebox and I said, I'm gonna see what this is like. And I heard five notes. Wow. Four or five notes, I can't remember. I said, oh my God, that's the music I'll dedicate my life to. Wow. Whether I sing it, whether I teach it, whatever I do, yeah. it's just, I, I, found, my, I found it. Mm -hmm. It's because of Bird that I sit here today. Yeah. It's because of Bird that I even go out there and sing it and teach it. Yeah. It's because of Charlie Parker. That's why you see his pictures all over the place. Yeah, yeah, In my bedroom all over. Oh, there right. are other birds all over the place. These are great. I always, always check to make sure it's right. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, I heard that, and then that I knew. And from that point on, I tried to find out where could I find this music. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, I, 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 I met Skeeter Spite and Leroy Mitchell. I went to a little thing. I had a friend of mine who also loved the music in high school. We were high school buddies. And uh, we found that they were, you know, that there were little sessions going on, and you didn't have to be 21 years old because yeah. they didn't sell alcohol. Yeah. So we went to this place called the Club Sudad, and I heard these two young guys singing. They were singing Charlie Parker tunes. Hmm. Because from that point on, I just started buying all the 78s uh, okay, okay. to, to yeah. hear Bird, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, 
and they were singing and they were singing lyrics to Charlie Parker lines. I said, "Oh my God!" So when they were finished, of course, I was. We were in high school at the time, so we were drinking. That was one of our things, mm-hmm. and of course, not realizing coming from a family of alcoholics, right. it's her- it can be hereditary, right. yeah. which it turned out to be, but that's another story. <laughs> so uh, I went up to them afterwards, and I said, oh man, I would love to sing with you guys. And they said, yeah, well, if you quit drinking. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. And I said, you mean we could get together and sing together? And they said, yeah, but you gotta, not, you gotta quit drinking. We don't want you if you're drinking. I said, oh, okay. So I quit. Wow. And I started singing with them. Not gigs. We weren't out there right, getting but just paid. To, no, but we loved the music. And so it was called Skeeter, uh, 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 Skeeter, Mitch, Mitch, and Jean. Yes, and you're Jean. And I was Jean because I hated my first name when I was in Pennsylvania because I got harassed yeah. about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sheila was a very uncommon name. Yeah. So I went by my middle name and had it shortened. My middle name's Jeanette, but they started calling me Jeannie. Ah, okay. So we were Skeeter, Mitch, and Jean, and I kept kept that name all the time I was in Detroit. In fact, most Detroiters who are still alive yeah. refer to me as Jean. Ah, yeah, like ta- ta- uh, like Kenny Burrell. Yeah. You know, because he was one of the young guys that yeah, hung yeah, out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It was Kenny Burrell, Tommy Flanagan, and Barry Harris. Yeah. So those were, the, plus Skeeter and Spite and Leroy Mitchell. But what happened was the racial prejudice was not to be believed. Mm-hmm. And I was constantly harassed by the police. Mm-hmm. They were constantly taking me down to the police station, right. questioning me, what was I doing with these? Yeah, I'm not right. going to use yeah. a word. Right. I hate I that word. Mean, I do yeah. not use that word. Mm-hmm. And I was in shock. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I said, color? I said, Are, is there a color? Yeah. I said, yeah. I didn't know there was a color. <laughs> and they said, what are you, smart? You know, right, right, right. You know, they were like really yeah, harassing yeah. me. Yeah. And I remember like they, uh, uh, one time I started going out with Frank Foster, the saxophone player. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he moved to Detroit. And he. this was later, of course, after I was out of high school. And But I kept with Skeeter and, 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 and Mitch. I mean, I wouldn't care. We'd go sit in with yeah. Dizzy, with Bird, wow. whoever came to town wow. would let us sit in. Yeah. And, well, I didn't care. And as many times as they took me down to the police station, I got out well, and I was back again. Back and, back yes, and at and I actually, by the time I was 17, 18, I was on my own. Okay. I, I was, you know, I was had a part-time job and, and I got through high school. And um, I, but I remember like, uh, they we're gonna call your mother. And I said, well, if you can find her. Yeah. <laughs> right, I said, right. uh, well, I said, well, I live on my own, man. Yeah, they didn't even... Of course, I was like 18 at the time, you know? Yeah. And uh, they didn't understand that at all. And I remember I was going with Frank, and one time we were going to a picnic in Belle Isle, which is a big island in in Detroit where people went swimming. And yeah, it was called Belle Isle. And uh, they used to have the Bob Lowe boats that would go there. But anyway, we were driving.
including my friend, another friend of mine, uh, Jenny King, who was white, and her boyfriend, who was black, and me and Frank, you know, so we were interracial couples, which were not common then. And we got stopped by the police. And uh, I remember they stopped us uh, and... uh, as when they came up to the car, I threw my cigarette out the, I was smoking at yeah. the time, I threw it out the window, <laughs> right. and they crawled under the car to get that cigarette because to they smell it, it was, because yeah. they thought it was dope. Right. And uh, of course, I never smoked dope, but it wasn't one of my, it didn't appeal to me. Right. It wasn't like Pepsi. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't like Pepsi. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, so... They crawled under the car, and of course, they would love. They would have loved it to have been marijuana because they would have had me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. So they took us down to the police station. They se- separated Frank and Gooder, who was my Jenny's boyfriend at the time, and they separated me and Jenny. Wow. And so these two plainclothesmen questioned us, and. Uh, when he said he was going to call my mother, I said, well, I don't know if it's going to do any good, right. you know, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know where she is yeah, and I don't live own. at home anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so he was like, what, he's trying to be smart or something? I don't remember anyway. I tried to be cool. At first I was angry, you yeah. know, but you don't fight the law like that, even mm-hmm. when you're in the right. Yeah. And I said, boy, there's something wrong here. I thought this as a kid. There's something wrong here mm-hmm. with this racial prejudice. I mean, I remember in high school, this, the uh, the uh, the principal called me into her office. Mm-hmm. She said, you dress so nice. Mm-hmm. Why do you hang out with colored girls? Wow. The wow. principal of yeah, the school yeah. in a, Detroit. Yeah, that's Excuse me, I was in shock. I, if anything, like I could have been swayed as a young person to think, that they're right yeah but i but i wasn't i knew i was right i said i know i'm right this something's wrong here Mm -hmm. and um i remember anyway getting back to skeeter and 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 being in the police station this one plainclothesman said he said see this Mm -hmm. it was uh, his gun yeah he said i have a nine-year-old daughter at home he said, if I thought I was going to find her the way I found you tonight, sitting, riding out to Belle Isle with the, the, the man that, right, the, right. the young man that I was in love with, right, right. you know, going right. to, on a little picnic. Yeah. He said, if I thought I'd find her the way I found you tonight, I'd take this, I'd take this gun home and blow her brains out. Wow. I thought, oh, my God. Wow. This is sick. It is sick. So I didn't, I said, shut up, Sheila, Mm -hmm. shut up, Mm -hmm. and be cool. Yeah. I said, well, I said, I'm I'm moving to New York because Frank was going into the Army, and I figured at this time I would go, I was going to go to New York anyway Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be near Bird's Music, and that's what happened. So I ended up coming Uh, to New York. But he said, oh, we're at so cosmopolitan. Oh. You know? <laughs> but I guess it was a little cool. But I have to tell you something. I almost got killed in New York. 
Really? Because of the racial prejudice. And what, what's that? Uh, several years later, you know, I had a loft where I had sessions going on. Okay. Because I was studying with Lenny Tristano at the time, and I had this loft, and everybody came there. Bird was always mm-hmm. there. It was like, he knew, I had a bed that I called Bird's Bed. Because right. <laughs> when he <laughs> needed to place, come, yeah, bed. when he needed to place, <laughs> to, you know, to crash because of, Whatever, whatever he was going through with Chan or whatever, he knew that I was like his little sister, so he'd come there. But I was having would always have these sessions on the weekends. So two artists, two painters, mm-hmm. Afro American painters. I was hungry and they were hungry, so they. I said, let's go get some Chinese food. So we went to the Chinese restaurant. On our way back. We were just coming up almost in front of my building, getting ready to go in the door, mm-hmm. and these four guys jumped us. Wow. Oh, my God. Four white guys. Yeah. And come to find out they were from Jersey. Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> so they took my two friends, wow. three of them, and held them up against the wall, and the other guy took me, threw me down on the concrete sidewalk, kicked me, knocked my tooth out, and... Uh, was beating me. Oh he was God. going to kill me. All of a sudden, I looked up and I saw a man coming toward me. Yeah. All dressed up in a suit and an overcoat with a gun pointed. Wow. And I said, "Oh, he's. I'm going to die." Right. Over. That's it. Yeah. That's. I said, "I'm going to die over this." But you yeah. know what? I know I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he got a little closer and he said, "Do you know this woman?" To the guy beat me yeah, up wow. and the guy said no he said get off of her oh. and uh, it was weird a plain clothes one in Detroit would have like let the guy well, yeah, kill me continue. Yeah, exactly. and here in New York yeah. this this cop saved my life wow so this was a, the cat that was coming towards you was a was cop a, was a plain a, clothes, clothes. Oh, yeah wow. he, but how is that for like thinking about like uh you know, like believing in a higher power. Oh, absolutely. You, ha- I have to. I mean, that. What's, what would be the, that this, this plainclothesman would be in front of my apartment? Yes, at that time. At and that time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so meant it's for like you to be, to I continue, said yeah, somebody's be, taking yeah. care of me, yeah. and 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 then it even was even more obvious. I'm right. This yeah. is a bunch of BS. Right, right. Right. I don't know what's exactly. going on here, but it ain't right. Oh yeah, wow. So and that was it. That yeah, is and that was it. Yeah. So, but anyway, I went through a lot of racial prejudice in Detroit, but I kept hanging out. Yeah. You know, I kept going to the club Sudan, and I remember when Bird was uh, one time. Bird was in in town, and he was playing at this club where you had to be 21, and mm-hmm. I was, you know. I, actually, I wrote a blues about this, Sheila's Blues, about okay. my life and oh, the whole okay. thing. And I remember uh, I had a, uh, I had my mother's birth certificate and I forged it. <laughs> and I had a hat with a veil and high heel shoes and I was smoking my yeah, Lucky yeah, Strike yeah. cigarettes. And what was I, about 16, 17, you yeah. know? I was going to get in the door to hear the bird. The man looked at me because it, you know, right, it, right, it was right, a right. it was a black club. It was right, a black right. bar. Well, yeah. And exactly. he looked at me. He said, "Hey, little white girl, <laughs> you better go home and do your homework. What are you going to get me killed here? You want to get me arrested? Right. You know, you're going to close 
fills me up, right, right, you know? Right, and oh, I was so defeated. Oh. So I went around and sat on the garbage cans. Oh, and you just And Charlie me. Parker was at the door when this was going down. Oh. And he heard this going down. And so obviously he followed he followed me. Uh-huh. Not yeah, yeah, you know, just yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, saw me go in the back. Yeah. Obviously saw me go in the back and didn't he open the back door? And let you in. No. No. I couldn't come in. Oh, because a cat would close yeah, the closest But place. he opened the back door so, you could so I could hear him oh, play. Man. <laughs> yeah. That is so great. And he remembered that. And I re- oh. I reminded him about it. Oh. And he said, Yeah, I know. He yeah. said, You're the little kid with the million dollar ears. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I true, first yeah. came to, to New York, yeah. he said, because Skeeter and Mitch and I used to, when he do his like concerts at uh, the Greystoke Ballroom mm-hmm. where you didn't have to be 21 right, years old. Because they weren't. Yeah, exactly. He would, he would, we would get up and sing with him, and he remembered that. Oh, wow. So when I first came to New York, <laughs> that's the first thing he said. You're the kid that the, you're the, the, the little, you're the kid with a million dollar ears. Oh my God, that is so <laughs> credible. And that was, and again, that's he's the reason I sing. Yeah, because he was a like a. Um, oh, he was my mentor. He so was, you know when you when you say that, it's like that's the point in which you fell in love with Bob when you yes. when you heard him and yeah and uh, yeah when I first heard him as a teenager on the jukebox. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Love. It at first here. <laughs> love at first here. That's hearing. right. That's right. Um, so now, you know, with the uh, talking about your relationship with uh, Charlie Parker and then uh, marrying Duke Jordan, you yes. married, uh, uh, that's Parker's the keyboard piano the piano player. player yeah. yeah. And uh, that was, I read somewhere that you joked about marrying him so, so I could get, <laughs> so I could get close to birds music. Well, it's sort of a truth, but in a way it was also true too, but no, but I was in yeah, love with, with Duke, Duke, but yeah, he was, he wasn't, he had a problem. He was a heroin addict. He had a cunning, baffling, powerful disease, like Bird, like a lot of the cats yeah, at that time. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they all felt they could play like Bird if they, yeah. they used, if they shot up dope, yeah. which proved they couldn't, you yeah, know. No, some of the young players today, you know, thought, well, let me just do heroin because that's what yeah. the great people do. And, no, that's, and I know. It's there's such a, few a ball. That, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so. Wow, this is great. <laughs> so now, um, let's move a little bit into yes. um, page three. Oh, the page, good old page three. Um, and what other people might call your regular job that you Yes, did, a day uh, job. I had my gig. day job. Yeah, yeah. What happened was uh, Duke and I got married in 1952, and I had... Tracy, but he was in and out, in and out, you know, with his addiction. Then he had another woman in Brooklyn, which I didn't know about, but he did. I found out later. Didn't matter, you know. Yeah. I got pregnant with Tracy, and of course, after Tracy was born, he he was sporadically in the loft, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. coming home. When she was born, he, after a, a few months, 
he he was nowhere to be found. Okay. okay. You know, and I didn't take him to court. I mean, I figured, you know, here's a, a man, he's an artist, he's got a very, very cunning, baffling, powerful disease, mm-hmm. plus he's Afro-American, they'll kill him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I can't yeah. do that. I'll take care of this kid somehow, some way, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take him to court. Okay. I won't take yeah. him to court, and I didn't. Yeah. But uh, I remember that in order to, but I had a day job anyway when I first moved to, from uh, Detroit to New York because I was working in Detroit also as a typist. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, yeah. office work. I went to Commerce High School, which was across from Cass Tech. Mm-hmm. I took a couple of courses in Cass Tech, but I knew that I was going to have to support myself. Yeah. So I got into, I was a typist. That's how I made a living. And then, of course, when I came to New York, as I said, I I got a job immediately. I was with a temp agency for a while, and then I got a full-time job and several full-time jobs. And um, it helped me. It supported me, supported my daughter. And then I found a place in Greenwich Village called the Page Three. Yes. And... uh, it was great. Yeah. I mean, by the time I paid a babysitter and right, taxi right. taxi fare home, the, the, the salary was, was nothing. I think right. it paid $4. And then I think at the end, they upped me up to $6 a night. Uh, but I didn't do it for yeah, the money. No, not at I all. did it for to yeah. do the music. And Monday night was session night. And it was always great, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had great uh, musicians playing there. Uh, I know Steve Swallow was on acoustic bass. That's yeah. where I met Steve Swallow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, uh, and then Jack Riley was a wonderful piano player who played there on Monday nights, and he was a student of George Russell. Okay. And George Russell came to hear Jack at the club, and he heard me. Okay, because I was going to go yeah. into how you got yeah. that first That was at the page three. From page three. And the page three was a kind of a funny kind of place. It was a lot of wonderful, wonderful... Uh, totally out gay people. I loved it, oh, man. Yeah, you know, the guys amazing. were like, <laughs> I mean, the women dressed like men and yeah. the men dressed <laughs> like, like women. women. Yeah, and I just it's loved excellent. it. And I yeah. had no, I've never had any trouble with anybody yeah. doing what they want to yeah. be or be who they want to be in their life. That That's their life and they should be able to do what they want. Yeah. So it was it, incredible. I loved it, man. And some of them could really sing and dance. Yeah. So it was like a little spot, the page three. Right. But right. I was the one jazz singer. Ah, interesting. Yeah, because... And, they had to know a lot of those types of bathhouses and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know Bed Midler played in those yeah. and everything. But yeah, she jazz, worked. Yeah. But the jazz. Yeah, I was, and they called me a new note in jazz. And the <laughs> woman <laughs> yeah. who, uh, one of the bosses was Jackie Howe, and who wore a skirt but wore a tie and yeah. a shirt, you know, yeah, and so short amazing. hair like yeah. a man, and but very sweet and very kind. She loved me. Yeah. So she's the one that referred to me. She denounced me as a new note in jazz. So it was at one of these nights on a Monday night when George Russell came in and he heard me. Yeah. 
He said, where do you come from to sing like that? Right, right, because it's a different, it's and, different than yeah. you normally hear. It's no I said, I come from hell, man. Yeah, yeah, he it's said, so organic. Hell? He said, yeah, well, can I go visit hell with you yeah. sometime? I said, yeah, I'll take you back. <laughs> yeah, and I anytime, did. you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that, he's, it's because of George Russell I ever recorded. Yeah, so first, that's with Blue Note, right? Yes, that was and, the first uh, singer But on Blue at Note. that time, they didn't have singers. No, they, they didn't. They not. only, like, Hank Mobley was on. That all label. of them, but Sonny, no all of them. No you're the singer. first. That's right. Yeah. They had they recorded a blues singer too, but I don't know if they ever put the recording out. Oh, yeah, or yeah. But I was the first one they put out, and mm. I got a lot of attention. Yeah, Portrait though. of Sheila. Uh -huh. yeah, I was just listening to that the other day. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's what happened, and 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 I took George back to Pennsylvania, and my grandmother was alive, and ah. she uh, said, "Come on, let's go up and have a drink." Of course, she loved to drink. No, yeah, you know, I was, well, she had gotten little... into the alcohol too. Right. I guess she figured if you can't fight him, join him. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so she ended up having a, you know. I don't know that she was an alcoholic, but she she could drink. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I know uh, we went up and had some drinks, and all the coal miners were out of work at the time, and there was one coal miner in this club. Uh -huh. It was a sort of almost like a private club. Okay. You had to be a member, but yeah. they knew my grandmother and my grandfather, you know, and the family, mm -hmm. so they let us in. And there was one coal miner, only one coal miner sitting at the bar, looking very despondent. Uh, and uh, my grandmother started bragging about how we were from New York and uh, blah, 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 and big shot. I said, Mom, I'm not a big shot. My God, I work in an office. And I sing a couple of nights a week for nothing. He's the big shot, right, meaning right, George, George Russell, yeah. you know? So... Uh, She's proud of it. Yeah, she was. Yeah. So the miner looked up at me and he said, Well, Jeannie, you know, my nickname <laughs> yeah, Jeannie. Jeannie. By now I was Sheila, so Jeannie, do you still sing You Are My Sunshine? I said, No, I don't sing that anymore. He said, Why not? And George Russell said, Yeah, why not? Yeah. So there was an old out of tune P, uh, upright piano in the corner. Yeah. So George went over and started playing, yeah. and he was, you know, out, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I was singing You Are My Sunshine. My grandmother literally pushed him off the bench. She said, that's not the way it goes. Oh. And she sat down, and she played. Really? And I played, and I sang with her. Oh, I didn't know she could play. Did well, she, she play? played because my grandmother was left on a doorstep as a baby. Okay. On a pretty well-to-do family. Okay. And uh, they gave her piano lessons, and she was, uh, we never knew what, anything about her mother. Okay. Obviously, mm, the right, woman right. was unmarried mm. or in those days, and that was a crime. Mm. But they used to leave babies on doorsteps. Yes, that's true, that's true. So I never knew too much about my grandmother's background, except that she could play the piano, yeah, you know. But what? of course, after she married my grandfather and had like 11 kids, oh, and wow. he was drinking, mm. and there were, you know, we, again, as I said, we were the poorest family and the second poorest family in Summerhill, you know. We went, everything went downhill. Mm. But there she was, telling, playing George, the piano George. for me to sing <laughs> right, You Are right. My Sunshine. And you did, of course, right? And I did, of course, <laughs> and then I came back, we came back, drove back to New York, and 
George was very wonderful. Uh, he called me up. He said, I want you to hear something. This, I don't remember how long it was, but not too long mm -hmm. after that visit. And he said, I'd like you to hear something. So I went down and he started playing this incredible, oh my God, it was so beautiful, but abstract, but mm -hmm. I loved it. You know, mm -hmm. oh, I could hear it. I said, oh, that's beautiful. And he stopped. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, sing. Oh. I said, sing what? what? He said, sing, you are my sunshine. I said, what? Ah, interesting. What? Are you yeah, kidding? Yeah. He said, no, I want you to sing, you are my sunshine. Yeah. I said, but are you going to play? He said, no, 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 no. You're going to sing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Which oh, was kind of yeah, unheard of yes. in those days. Yeah, the acapella aspect yes. of things. And, and so and I did. Yeah. I did the whole first chorus wow. by myself. That's just so incredible. And That's it's recorded. I don't yeah, know if no, you've it ever heard about. it. I was Have you heard how, it? No, I've never heard that. Oh, you got to hear it. I'm going to go when I get it's back. It's on YouTube. Yes, I'll check it out. Because George Russell, it's called I didn't The know Outer View. How, I didn't it's know. Called the, it's the first thing I ever recorded. That's the very first thing. All right, it's called the you. outer view. The outer view, and that's that, the version of that. The and sunshine. that was a documentary for the out of work coal miners of of uh, South Fork, Pennsylvania. Oh my God! I'm gonna first of all, I'm gonna link this because I do like a little blog with oh uh, yeah with the show, so I can make sure that that's on there. But I've never I've never heard that. And a lot of people haven't. You know, it was on Riverside. It was on Riverside. Okay. And so it was for the out-of-work coal miners. Wow. And he did this whole arrangement. He wanted to change the title to a drinking song. Yeah. But you, he couldn't get the rights. Right. Okay. Because that's what it actually was a drinking yeah. song. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. And the out-of-work coal miners. But that that's what happened. Yeah. So. Wow. I definitely got to check that out because I never have. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much... Uh, I think you have like 18, 18 albums or 18. I don't know. 18, I never keep track of that. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been, you know. Yeah, I've been featured of, on some too. A so lot of, that's just your own, yeah. I think. I could record more, but I hate to record. That's what I was going to ask you. So what is it? Why I'm trying to, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I'm better. I, I do have a, a recording I did in 1991 that's okay. coming out. Uh, this uh, guy, Al Evers, who lives in uh, near San Francisco, okay. uh, is putting out a recording of me that he used to book the uh, uh, the um, Kimballs. Oh, and so it's live uh, at Kimballs. The in Oakland or yeah, in San Francisco? Berkeley or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Kimballs. Because I know there's a Kimballs and a Kimballs East. Yeah, this yeah. was, yeah. So yeah. it's a live recording and it's with Alan Broad Ben and Harvey S. Okay. So Harvey's. it's quite swinging, I guess. Yeah. But I never listened to myself, so it t tortured me to have to listen to this to decide whether I wanted it put out or not. But it will be out, so. Interesting. And then I'm, I've been working forever on a duo recording with Steve Kuhn. Oh, yeah. Because we go back. We, yeah, because you know, I was looking we were, at the... Yeah, we were on ECM. I mean, he had me record several recordings with him on ECM. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have the home, the recording I did with Steve Swallow on Robert Creeley Poetry? No, I don't have Home? One. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I can, I'm going to download. get it from... I'm going to download okay, it. Okay, so. it's called Home. Home, yes, because I was Swallow. looking at that on ECM. The, yeah. It's on, on the, ECM, and it's Robert Creeley Poetry. Yes, that's the one that I was going to ask you about. Um, that is it. Uh, 
because I was reading about it, but I hadn't heard uh-huh. it. Is it just where it, you're taking the lyrics of the poetry and then you're doing, well, I got to listen to it, right? It's what it is for me to know what it is. Well, what well, happened how did that come is, about? How did well, you- Steve Swallow wrote, that's his favorite poet. His favorite poet was, was Robert Creeley. Ah, okay. And who I eventually met, a, a wonderful man, actually. I went to hear him uh, recite his poetry, I think at the 92nd Street Y. Ah, yeah. They had a night with Robert Creeley. And uh, this was after I decided, okay, I will do this recording. At first I said, swallow. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, because... I said, I, I, I wouldn't know how to do that. He said, yeah, you would. He played the music for me. He said, this is all you got to do. Oh. Just sing the, the, the music that I wrote. Yeah. To, and sing his, his the, poetry. The poetry, yeah. So I said, so I went up to hear him. And I... Excuse me. Bless you. Excuse me. Oh, boy. I don't know what season it is, but I sneeze all the time. Me too. <laughs> so I, 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 I heard Robert Creeley, and oh, my God, it was incredible the way he recited his poetry. And I came back to Steve Swallow, and I said, Swallow, I can't do that. Yeah. He said, what do you mean? I said, I can't. I, he- I can't. I heard him. I said, I can't possibly yeah. do what. I, he said, well, don't do him, do you. Yes. And then years later, well, not too many years later, they interviewed, uh, or Creeley had written something in Downbeat and said, I wish I could recite my poetry the way Sheila Jordan oh. sings it. And I thought, oh, my God, and I'm <laughs> oh, taking the total oh, opposite. The I wish opposite. I could yeah, sing, yeah, sing, the way, yeah. sing his poetry yeah, the way yeah. he recites it. Yeah. But anyway, that came about, and that was on ECM. I, I think you can still get it on ECM. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to sure. download that and listen to it. Because but it's it's Dave Liebman and me, Steve Kuhn, uh, uh Bob Moses, uh, Swallow on bass, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, By this I, time, he's playing electric bass. Yeah, he had moved to... It was, and uh, there was one uh, poem that... I forgot that. Well, you'll find out yeah. who, who played like a synthesizer. Thing. Oh, Mays. Yeah, Can't Bill Mays. Ma- Ma- uh, was not Bill Mays. Was it uh, Bob Mays or Bill Mays? I think it was... Uh, oh, who was that? Synthesizer, I I think it was, um, I think that was Mays was his last name. Bill Mays. Was it Bill Did some synthesizer. Well, that's what the it said in. Really? Bill uh, oh, no, maybe, no, it was Bill Mays oh, doing synthesizer. Oh, the, uh, uh, the Mark Murphy thing. With the, that was Bill Mays. That was Bill Mays on Junior. One for uh, Junior on it. He was on a couple of cuts. Yeah, but I'm not uh, sure then of who was on. That for home you're talking about. Yeah, the, I got it here. Okay, look, I can look so it up. So I can look it up. Definitely. And let you know, but it was, I think this guy ended up playing with somebody some group that became famous but he's a nice cat yeah anyway okay so so so, you know like you made a you said something earlier about how uh when you were talking about the um the poet um i already forgot his name uh creeley robert Robert creeley Creeley, yeah and how he was saying Oh, it would really be nice, you know, if I could just do my poetry like Sheila, and then you were saying, oh, if I could only do yeah, my poetry yeah, like... Yeah. And um, 
you know, what I get from your singing when I hear you, the, the musicality of it is very, very much like an instrumentalist. Oh, you know, that's probably because, because of my influence of birds. Yeah, and just instrumentalists in uh -huh. general. Do you listen to, or, I mean, is that kind of what you yes, hear yes. when you're singing a song or when you're presenting or well, when you're approaching a song? Uh, I've learned chord change. I mean, I've learned to listen to the chord changes, and I've learned all that from hearing Bird. Oh, okay. Because okay. he's the one that turned me on to the music in the first place, and I just found out that hearing Bird, a lot of times I'd hear, and I said, "Oh, I think that melody that he's written belongs is the same melody as as I got rhythm." Yes, to. yes. And I yes. think that melody is the same as Embraceable You, yeah. and I found all that out from listening. Yeah. Because there were no schools, so yeah. you had to, you know, yes, you had to use true. your ears, you know. Very true. So that's actually, if I phrase, it has to do with with listening to the instrumentalists. I never listened to singers as as far as studying them, and I teach that also, mm -hmm. not to learn a song from a singer, because you'll never learn it right. Absolutely. You'll learn it the way they do it. Exactly. And you think you're going to do it as well as Sarah or Billy or That's their Ella? Life. It's their life. I don't know? think yeah, so. Exactly. It's their life. Yeah. Make your life. So yes. go get the original music and learn the original melody. Of course, listen to those singers. Be inspired. Mm -hmm. But don't learn the tune from them. Right. And uh, I didn't have that much money as a kid anyway so when I got money I bought bird and uh -huh. the beboppers yeah yeah because yeah. you can tell mm -hmm. you can you know like when I listen to vocalists singers and instrumentalists because uh -huh. I know uh, uh, tenor players uh, sax players always go oh I'm trying to sound like a singer and singers are saying oh I'm trying to sound like a not yeah. all of them trying to yeah, sound like yeah. instrumentalists but I I had the uh, a great opportunity when I was younger and I first moved to New York my mentor was Big Nick Nicholas Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he would tell me he's told me never to listen to yeah. singers, but listen to instrumentalists. You know to yeah, to yes, hear and course. all that. So I was like, oh, okay. But it's so wonderful to hear you say that, and you're talking about you teach this. Now I want to kind of move a little bit into yes. that part of your. Uh, uh, so you're teaching now. Well, I started the first Back vocal. Seventy eight, right? You were nineteen seventy eight. I started the first vocal jazz vocal workshop at City College. Okay. How that came about was I went up there and I did a little concert that I was invited by Eddie Summerlin, who was head of the jazz department, great guy, and uh, and John Lewis was also up there from oh, the Modern yeah. Jazz Quartet, yeah. so he was also on, on staff there, plus a wonderful uh, uh, opera teacher, opera singer, teacher, educator, uh, Janet Steele. Okay. So they ca all came to the concert. Of course, Eddie was going to be there because he booked me. And uh, which was very sweet. And I have a lot to thank him for, too, as far as teaching. Uh, and this so, is Eddie Harris. No, Eddie Summerlin. His oh, name Summerlin, was. Yes, yes. yes, okay. He was a, a composer and a saxophone player. Okay. But he started, he took over the jazz department at City College, okay. which is this great. You know, because it's not that expensive yeah, as some of the other schools are, yeah, yes. Yeah. So anyway, I said, so I did the concert, and afterwards, uh, John Lewis came up to me and Janet and, and Eddie, and they said, why don't you start a, a vocal workshop up here? I said, what? Yeah. They said, yeah, why don't you teach? I said, 
teach what? I don't, I don't have a degree. <laughs> right, right, right. I said, I, you're teaching them all the theory and right, everything. Right. I said, I don't know, have a degree. You're teaching the piano and stuff. They said, no, 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 no. And John said, teach what you know. Yeah. Teach what you do. So, and Janet still was very much for it. She said, we need you. I can't do it. Yeah. She said, I can teach the voice. Yeah. But I can't. The technical thing. I yeah, can teach that, the, but I can't. I don't know anything about the music yeah. except I love it yeah I said well 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 I'll try yeah so I started teaching there two afternoons a week okay and it, they were late afternoons so I still had my day job oh okay so yeah. I was still doing my day job right, because it was only oh yeah oh, I was right. still had my day job and uh, by this time, I don't know if I was at the page three anymore because they sort of closed. By a lot of places yeah, started. Yeah, they there was started closing down. Yeah, but I so. don't remember whether. Yeah, I guess I was still at the page three. Was I been a? No, I wasn't there. It was okay. already closed down. But, uh, you know, I had little gigs here and there, yeah. you know. That's what I always tell the singers. Don't give up. You'll yeah. always find a place to sing. Yeah. You know, and don't give up your day gig. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Until you can support yourself yeah. through the music. Absolutely. But anyway, I said, well, I'll try it. Yeah. So in essence, I learned to teach from teaching. Ah, beautiful. And I didn't teach with... I said, if I'm going to teach, I'm, I'm going to teach as a friend. I'm not going to be on a power trip. Yeah. I do not want to be on a power trip to teach. That's not the way I yeah. want to teach because if you're on a power trip and you're yelling and screaming and impatient, mm -hmm. they're not going to want to do it. That's right. They're, they're just going to say, oh, you know, this ain't, I don't want to be yelled at. Right. Why would I pay somebody to be yelled at? Right, right. And so a lot of teachers do that, though, yeah. and I've seen them. Yeah, me too. And it's their me own too. insecurity. Oh, absolutely. Because they're not working that much themselves. Right. So. And they're in competition with their students. Yes. I'm not in competition with my students. Right, right. And you, at how all. can we be in competition when we're all unique? That's right. You know, but absolutely. That's, a, that's a fault. Absolutely. A lot of, I mean, musicians, cats, players, everybody yeah. can get like that you know and that and that and I and I know immediately when when it teaches on a power trip oh yeah I say oh boy <laughs> you know and these poor kids I've had so I had a certain teacher at I remember uh, there was a teacher at Manhattan School of Music mm -hmm. I will not mention names yeah that's okay and um, <laughs> and she there were students that came from her because I started doing some of their students from city well I was at city but then I started started doing like privates from uh, Manhattan School of Music and the New School. Oh, so you started pri doing one-on-one -on -one Yeah, yeah, stuff. because they called me and oh, said, yeah, could you great. teach? That's I said, excellent. yeah, but I can't come up there and do workshops. I might do a master class once in a while, but I can't do every every week. Right. If they want to do, you know, they said, well, no, we want you to do privates. I said, okay, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. So I went to... Uh, I started doing privates, and uh, that lasted quite a while. You know, I, I did pretty good at that. And I remember I when I was at Manhattan School of Music, I said, well, didn't you have a teacher already? And I mentioned this yeah, name. Yeah. They said, yeah, but we, she told us, called us names and wow. said we couldn't sing wow. and, well, wow. we're kidding, do something else. 
and the pa- the thing is, is the kids could sing. Yeah. And I yeah. said, oh my God. Yeah. So I said, well, you can sing, so yeah. please, yeah. okay? Yeah. So I said, that's her problem. Yeah. So it all worked out. But I know there are teachers out there still doing it, and it just incenses me yeah. when they do that because they're all they're doing is turning these possible yes, jazz uh, mm-hmm. uh, singers, educators, they're turning them away from the music. Absolutely. Because they're afraid. And so it's killing the music. That's right. It, it kills, it destroys the music. Absolutely. You can't teach yeah. like that. No. And so now you, when you <laughs> decided to quit the day gig and start doing <laughs> the... Would you like some, you Excuse okay me. Some no, I'm okay. okay. Um, to do, say... Um, you get you you're quitting the day gig and now you're just going to put all your time and energy into to that. What was that like? A little, little punk. Well, uh, let me see all my time and energy. Uh, actually, I didn't. Uh, I didn't quit my job. Oh, okay. my! I was working. I, my last gig for 21 years. I had. 21 years of doing At this day? one place. Before okay. that, I had other gigs, yeah, too, because that. my daughter was a baby. Right. and uh, Well, and I, before I was even married or pregnant, I had a day job yeah, okay. in order to support myself. But when I decided to, uh, you know, I, I worked for Doral Dane Burnbeck, and the important thing with Doral Dane was we had, it was one of the hippest advertising agencies wow. in New York at one time. Yeah, I, they did hip commercials. Anytime they wanted a jazz commercial yeah. with a jet, they would call me up. Ah, okay. and and they'd say, "Okay, we want you to do this commercial." Bill Burnbach, his name. Ah, was. okay. So that you got into doing commercials. Yeah. Well, stuff. I still did my typing job but there. You would do but the minute they wanted a jet, <laughs> and then crazy. I made extra money, you That's know, crazy. which was great because <laughs> I needed one, yeah. it. And so I did one for Atomic and Shoes. Ah. I did one for Bull of a Watch. Mm-hmm. I did one for Soft Teak Bath. Oh. Singing Body and Soul. Okay. Soft Teak, the kind of stuff you take a bath in. Oh, oh based on, oh, so it was body kind of an altered soul. lyrics yeah. to the, okay, yeah. okay. Did and you I, do the Write the Art uh, uh, altered lyrics or? No, you, no, no, they did. They did it, but uh, you They did, all singing. I did was sing Oh, it. wow. That and is then the one that really became very famous in the advertising world. In fact, it got fan mail over it was the one for Whirlpool Refrigerator Freezer. Okay. Which was, I sang, the party's over. It's time to call it a day. They burst your pretty balloon and taking the moon away. I think I've heard that. It just shows this old guy coming out of a party with a party hat on. I have seen that. Yes. Seen it? Yes. Yes. And that's me singing The Party's Over, which was a famous, popular tune. Yeah, that's a beautiful tune. Yeah, great tune. Yeah, yeah. uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they said, we would like you to sing The Party's Over. And it was about this old guy. And then the the whole thing at the end is the ad is, is you wouldn't have. To, the party wouldn't have to be over if you had a whirlpool right. refrigerator right. freezer. And then I say, "It's all over, my friend." Yeah. yeah, that was like that. was a great commercial too. Yes, it was. That was it, uh, yeah. that was Bill Birdback. Oh, okay. Doyle ba- Doyle, Doyle Dane Birdback. Okay. Bill when Birdback. you recorded that, did you uh, keep getting residuals from having done? Oh yeah, yeah. That went national. Yeah, that went national. 
I got fan mail from that. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was really wild. So when you were working, the last, the last place you were working was this advertising agency. Yes, and, and they merged with another company. Okay. And when they merged, uh, they called me in and they said, Sheila, we're, we're not going to have the department that you work in, which I was like a an assistant to the research director, okay. you know, do him, you know, mm -hmm. typing, but a little higher above yeah. a typist. And uh, they said, so we just want you to know that you you have to be a floater going from okay. whoever needs a typist, yeah. you know, you won't have your job like that anymore. You have that option or we'll give you a year's pay. Okay. Uh, you know, because I'd been there 21 years. And so I started to cry, losing my job. By this time, my daughter's left home. Okay, yes. Yeah, so but I'm still like, insecure, yeah, you know, yeah, and I was yeah. 58 years old. Okay. And I said, oh, my God. And I started to cry. And she said, well, you know, you can always come back. Okay. And, and well, right. we could, you'll always have a job here. Yeah. We'll give you get you a typing job here. You can always come back because you've been a wonderful employee and plus a great singer for well, all. Well, we you know, the, 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 <laughs> I was, so I said, well, uh, so a little voice. So I just kept crying. So the little voice said to me, "You've been you've been wanting to sing." All your life, so take the money and go sing and shut up. Right. That little voice said to me, I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I said, okay, thank you. And that was, I was 58 years old. That was wow. quite a few years ago. Wow. And I've never looked back, and yeah. it's only gotten better. Yes. I, I, I mean, and that's what is so uh, interesting is that it. you just, from that point on, yeah. um, you just have been going yeah, it's and doing amazing. and playing. It's amazing. It is, it is really remarkable. You know, and, you know, and the only reason there's I don't have recordings out is because I just don't go like in the to, studio yeah, you and don't record. Like to yeah, you don't uh, like I mean, not that there's record companies running after me, you know, right. but uh, I did. I know Don Waz did something on Blue Note for, not Blue Note. Yeah, Blue Note. He's the new... Uh, the new head of... Uh, yeah, he's, oh, he's a oh, lovely new, man. Yeah. I mean, they're doing more pop kind of stuff. Yeah, because it was... But he wanted to do a thing a year ago, July, I think it was. I think it's going on two years now on all the Detroiters or ex-Detroiters oh, coming in. He did this great big festival called uh, 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 Festival uh, Concert of Colors. Okay. And he was see he was doing it for the underprivileged uh, Afro American children in, in in Detroit. Oh, interesting. Okay, so he just did good guy. Yeah, and he's yeah. originally from Detroit, from Detroit. but okay. he was when I was growing up, he wasn't. He was yeah. he wasn't born yet. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I did my blues, and I don't know. It's never come out. Okay. Uh, he keeps saying it's going to come out. You know. And you just did this recently, like in the last. With it was about. I think it's. I think it's going to be two years in. Okay. In so April. Just recently. Yeah. I mean, in July, but okay. it's supposed to come out. He keeps okay. saying it's coming out, but I don't know. Okay. Well, Doesn't matter. For for it to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to ask you. About your um, when, when you when you kind of never looked back, and some of the uh, most memorable work, the the stuff I really really love that you do is working with a bassist. 
because oh, I yeah. don't think people really understand <laughs> they how hard it is <laughs> to sing with a bassist. That, uh-huh. And the bassist has to be on the mark because if they're going to adjust yeah, yeah. where your pitch, you, your pitch has to be impeccable. Part, yeah, yeah, it has yeah. to be impeccable. And, um, and they just kind of think, oh, whatever. But, you know, the bassist is very important, yeah. too. And uh, your career really got that 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 spike in there when you were doing uh, uh, several of the albums with Harvey Swartz, right? Yeah. And what what is, how did, you know, I know, was it well, Swallow? Well, the was thing started with there? Swallow. Yes, and I did a couple of concerts in those early 50s, in the 50s when I first met Swallow. 58, whatever, whatever year it was. Maybe it was 60, I don't remember. But I always wanted to do, so when I got, when George Russell got me the, get, yeah, the, that's, the recording, I wanted to do, do bass. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and it's, unheard and, you know, of. As, as, as out as 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 uh, as much jazz as, as Alfred and, and 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 what do you call his partner did uh, Alfred Lyons from um, from Blue Note mm-hmm. they said oh we don't think so we don't think they're ready for that no you yeah, know yeah. but they said but you could do a couple of tunes which yeah, I did, did. yeah which that's I did. right I was just listening but to- I knew way back then I just loved the bass and I used to always do bass and voice at the page three oh it's beautiful on a Monday night you know so I said I know this can be done yeah and so I the one thing I said though if we're gonna do this I don't want it to be boom 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 not every two yeah no sometimes but we have to work out little little stories you know little musical uh, stories so I do one on Fats and Bird Mm -hmm. Fats Waller and Charlie Parker then I do one on uh, jazz musicians Mm -hmm. and uh, singing tunes that that were they were like Prez and Billy Mm -hmm. I do a tribute to them that's on the jazz musicians I do for you know uh, one on the dance Mm -hmm. I have a dance medley that I do on Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers because I wanted to to be Ginger Rogers before. Really? (laughs) Because I love Fred Astaire before I heard... Parker. Before I heard Bird, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you little know. did Fred know he had not didn't have a chance. Yeah, after Bird, <laughs> after Bird he was lost. <laughs> so I do a thing for Fred Astaire, and uh, what else? Oh, we do a thing on kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Dad, Dad, Brother, where yeah, are yeah, you? Great, great version I do. Because we're kids and. Mm-hmm. So I have all these little, plus in between, just straight ahead tunes or mm-hmm. ballads or, yeah, but working with Harvey, you know, he was for it. And he said, we have to rehearse. Yeah, yeah. So we'd, we rehearse once a week. Oh, interesting. But at that time, he was living like uh, about 10 blocks from me. I okay. was on 18th and he had a loft on 28th. So he was very close. Yeah, so that's easier to do. Yeah, so like we used to rehearse to the, all the, the time. bodega. Yeah, know? right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but I just felt it was something that could be done. And, you know, I remember one time I was doing a concert with Harvey up in uh, Canada, Montreal. It was a festival mm-hmm. and the place was packed. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we always say when it's a club, we say, Please don't serve drinks because the tinkling of the glasses or if the refrigerator is too loud, if you can just turn it off for a little while or turn it down mm-hmm. because all of that, n- that noise will affect the pitch. Yes. 
So yes. you have to be very careful yes. because pitch is, is of the essence. Yes, yeah. So, uh, but I remember one time this guy came in and he was standing at the door and the place was packed mm -hmm. and he said, after the tune, he said, where's the piano? Where's the drums? And I said, in my head, man. <laughs> yeah, right, sure. right where it needs to be. <laughs> yeah, in my head, I said. Wow, And wow. he just walked away. It, it's so amazing how um, when when people listen to jazz, mm -hmm. they have this concept where they think jazz is, first of all, a songbook. Yeah, you know it. You know, and also it has to be a trio, or it has to be this, or it has to be a particular combination yes. of things. And you really did break that mold for a vocalist and just a j as jazz musician, because mm -hmm. I always consider you. A musician in terms of not just like a singer, but you're oh, like Parker thank you. and the, you thank know, you. Um, and they don't quite understand that because I, I, when I talk to people about singing jazz, and they go, "Oh well, uh, I'm, I sing jazz," and I go, "Well, what you know, what what do you listen to? What instrumentals do you listen to? What do you have? And they go, "Well, I do the songbook stuff, you know, and so that for you know that's what makes me a jazz singer." Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm like thinking, "Hmm, that's very interesting that you think <laughs> it's the song that is that yeah, determines the, yeah, you as the singer, yeah, as yeah. the type of singer." Yeah, you know? they don't realize that singing, when you're singing jazz, you're singing about your life experiences or ex uh, people who are close to you, their experiences. It's all in the field and the emotion mm -hmm. you know and what it is I don't really have a I don't really have a definition for what a jazz uh, singer is all I know is it's it's really being not being afraid to undress yourself emotionally and really getting into the essence of what the tune is about and you know like for me I hear so I hear and one thing I do teach when I'm teaching mm -hmm. is you have to learn the exact melody of that tune. Yeah. See, I got fooled many years ago uh, because I love Billie Holiday. Yeah. I mean, I love Sarah's voice. You know, as, as I said, I never really listened to them because who's going to scat like Ella? Mm -hmm. Who's going to have the voice of a Sarah Vaughan? Mm -hmm. And who's going to have the emotion of a Billie Holiday? Right. So what happened was I... But there were a couple of tunes that... I, I heard and I thought, oh, I'd like to do that tune. I thought that's the way the tune went. You never oh, realize yeah. what a great phraser Billie Holiday was. Mm -hmm. And then you get the original music and you, you know, you play the notes and you say, oh my God, yeah. that's not the way that she sings it at all. <laughs> oh, right, right. Actually, I like the way she sings it better, yeah. but I wouldn't do that. Right, I would right. get my own thing going. But that's how that's mm. how natural her phrasing was and her how she rephrased or how she altered notes. It mm. was like beautiful. So to me, you know, that's like, whoa. But I do teach the, the, the kids that. I say, don't learn this tune mm -hmm. from, a, from a singer. You've got to learn the original about this is a little expression I came up with mm -hmm. learning the melodies of the original tune learning the original melodies of a tune mm -hmm. are the stepping stones to improvisation yeah
you know, and it's yeah. true. Yeah. Because if you if you know what's there, and I believe me, I hear stuff. Mm -hmm. I learn and I live with the tune. I don't try to deliberately. I never force improvs. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask. No, you I do that. not force improvs. Mm -hmm. I never have and I never will mm -hmm. because then it's a, it defeats my purpose. Right, right. It's just, I it's want that organic thing mm -hmm. to happen at all times, mm -hmm. and I want to start out and 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 and, and sing what's there, mm -hmm. and then let it take off. And yeah. it might not. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah. As long as the emotion and the feeling. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it's what's attached to your head, mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. It's what beats in your chest, mm -hmm. your your emotion. Mm -hmm. It's your timing foot. rhythm. Yeah, timing yeah. is of the essence. Yeah, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And and then when I'm in Europe teaching, and I say, and English, you gotta yeah. know English. Yeah. yeah, you know, learn the English. Yeah. Don't be singing words you don't know what they mean, and learn how to pronounce them. So. You know, teaching to me is like a, is, is an art in itself. And I learned like John Lewis and Janet and Eddie Tomey. You'll learn to teach from teaching. Wow. Now, where are you teaching right now? Are I'm you, not. You're not? But I you, had uh, to stop because okay. I couldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. I couldn't, um, I couldn't keep a full time submit. I couldn't teach for full semesters. Okay. Even though I wasn't teaching every day. I never did. Okay. But the fact that they had 10 lessons or 15 lessons a semester and say I'm dealing with eight singers or mm -hmm. five, how many ever, um, it wasn't fair to them because I started working too yeah, much. Right. And I don't want them to go that long in between Was without that? a lesson. Okay. Then we got the makeup lessons and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think it was fair to them, okay. and so I, I don't. But I still do my workshops in the summer. Okay, workshops. In I the started summer. a workshop at uh, at uh, the Vermont Jazz Center right. in Putney. I wasn't there this year because I was on tour. But I usually try not to be away during my workshops. Okay. So that's for one week. That usually around the second or third week of August. Okay. I got to do jazz in July thanks to Dr. Fred Tillis, who was mm -hmm. the, the, the director of jazz studies at University of Massachusetts. Okay. And I also got that through Max Roach and Dr. Billy Taylor oh, took okay. me up yeah. there. And Dr. Billy Taylor, he was, he's, he was wonderful to yeah. me. He always looked out for me. He got me all of these awards. I know it was him. Right. <laughs> That's beautiful. You know, the well, women deserve them. But well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I know the Mary Lou Williams Award. That was yeah. Billy Taylor. Oh, that's amazing. And I know when I got the NEA, the... the right, the, 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 the National... Yeah, I know that the, was Billy Taylor. Okay, okay. You wow. Know, it, I know what, yeah, you know, yeah, he was yeah. always in my corner. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, then I started doing that workshop, so I still do those in the okay. summer. This summer, as I said, I couldn't do the Vermont one, and I was very sorry. Mm -hmm. But it, in a way, it was their fault, because they told me one week, and uh, I took these festivals. Around that to build. And then and they changed, changed it, it yeah. to the week I was yeah. doing the festivals. So, right. And I don't know why they year, don't understand that. They, I don't know why a lot of times they just don't understand understand that you're going to be touring you're gonna you know you're not just sitting here yeah, waiting for you yeah, to people yeah, and you yeah, book way ahead yeah, of time you yeah. know so uh so if we were to visit your website and everything we'd be able to always know where you're yes doing exactly the workshop things exactly and, and um so you know i wanted to 
um, ask you, are you ready to go into the basement with me? <laughs> the basement? The basement, yes. What's that? <laughs> That's the part of the show where um, I ask the three questions of uh, around uh, the fear stuff. Um, okay. So uh, the first question is, uh, is there a scary subject or thing in a medium like sometimes people uh scary they like to read scary books or movies or tv shows <laughs> or some people are afraid of you know nuclear uh -huh. blowouts or whatever is there uh -huh. anything that you have that's kind of like yeah you know it's a little unsettling for you or uh me i love horror movies i i i, I love i'm with scared. you i, I love, love horror movies oh they're great i they're love great. them yeah. i love them no 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 i love horror movies but you're talking about about anything in music that scares me. Is well, that what anything you mean? in just the um, uh, a medium outside of music, because we're going to go to the music thing in a in a nah, second. Um, and you know, it doesn't really have to be. Sometimes people have things. Some people go, nah, not really. They're not. A lot of bass players have no. They don't. They're not like my. I the one thing. Well, this is to music, so we'll save this for the music okay. part of it. As far as like every day, uh, no, nah, I live up here in this house. I'm up on the mountain by yeah. myself. I have a a bear that lives up in back. <laughs> and you know, he no comes in. The, so no, you know, and I, I, my, one of my fears is that he's going to be breaking the back door down because <laughs> I've been cooking, and it happens to be a French door you can see through. Oh, wow. And he's going to, and I'm going to be in my sleeping and I'm going to wake up and there he is standing at the foot of my bed. Yeah, right. Shit, then oh. what do I do? Oh my God. But oh, that's uh, great. No, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect But good. I live up here and I, for some reason, I remember the other night I was, you know, I was here and and I, I came in and, 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 and a voice said to me, aren't you afraid to be here by yourself? <laughs> right, right, that little thing. And I of, said, no. Yeah. If I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. Yeah. But it was funny because that night I put the lock on my bedroom door. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's, so that's Which like would be it. very easy to break down. Oh, right, right. I mean, where am I gonna go? Yeah, you know? exactly. Come on, <laughs> Shiva. <Yeah. laughs> but no, I, you know, I know I'm up here alone, and I, I just. I don't know. I'm I'm not afraid. That? Well, that's actually except for that bear. For the bear. That's okay. So that's the one thing there that you have. You know. Yeah. Because he is, he ripped my compost apart. Oh, they're they're unbelievable. They're intense. I mean, we're in oh, Woodstock, yeah. which is right next to Bearsville. I know. Right, so I mean, there's a reason why yeah. they call it Bearsville. And uh, right after hibernation, right before hibernation, I mean, they go into anything and I everything. know, and they rip it apart. They will. He ripped that thick, thick plastic yeah. i mean we're talking thick plastic mm -hmm. into 20 some odd pieces yeah to get whatever that was yeah. i mean the uh, the what do you call it the vegetables right you whatever know, you the, were com the, yeah, compost. the compost i yeah. only compost vegetables you yeah. know yeah, that's well, you're not intense. supposed to do meat or anything anyway, but I wouldn't do that. But yeah, yeah. He, I said, oh, and then I saw the palm marks and I yeah, said, that's oh, it. no, yeah, no, that's no, it. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm not messing okay. with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a done deal. 
<laughs> so I asked the conser- the conservation guy. You know, I I saw him in a in a restaurant down in the village, the diner, and I said, "What can I do for a bear?" He said, "Don't feed him." Yeah. So I took out down all the bird feeders. Yeah, because that's what they go after yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. They were saying that yeah. that's one of the things that. And that was them. on my back porch, and that's when I started thinking, "You always got to oh. come in the back yeah, door." Yeah. Well, that's the next step. Yeah, you know, right? the bird it's empty. Where? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Right. 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 I'm hungry. Especially <laughs> if they you're cooking and oh, they smell please. the cooking. Oh. Oh yeah, that's it. So, but that's my fear. <laughs> okay, so that that's a good one. Now that's kind of like with me and mm-hmm. uh, in uh, mine is like the deer eating, almost eating everything. I can't have anything. Oh, I will they say just... one thing that I am afraid of too. I'm very terrified of Lyme disease. Oh yes, because yes. we have deer up here, and I have the exterminator come around and 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 spray for Lyme mm-hmm. ticks, mm-hmm. but. It makes me very upset that with as many people that are suffering and are crippled by this disease, that they do not have a a shot, a vaccine for it. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Come on, what do we have to do before they get a vaccine for it? So that's a big fear of mine. Yeah, because it's... Living up here. I'm all around it. Yeah, if you've got to wear all kinds Uh, of high boots and and things. I feel like a prisoner in my own home, you know? And it is just beautiful here. Yeah, it's beautiful, but I feel... Feel like a prisoner, yeah, you yeah. know. I don't want to go off the porch. Right, right. And then if I do go off, and then I forget, and then I say, "Oh my God!" Yeah, and then you go and you're checking to see. And if, if you live alone, it's hard to check because Everywhere. you can't always check. You can't tell. Yeah, you know? they, they can be in yeah. the weirdest, and That's they get right. into the weirdest spots. I, I mean, know they, they're like in the strangest so places. So yeah. I will just wish they do some research on it and, yeah. and get some kind of a vaccine going. But yeah, That's because my a lot of people fear. do. Yeah, and it's very common. I have a lot of friends who have Monday. developed terrible wow. palsy and wow. shaking, wow. and oh yeah, yeah. the The effects of it is unbelievable. Oh yes, yeah. it's very dangerous. Yes. It's yeah. crippling. Yeah. It is. And a lot of people get this these things happening to them and they don't know what it is. And then they find out they were bitten by a Lyme tick. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it's that's, so, yeah. so those so that's two good. things. So, okay. So now tell us or me <laughs> about someone you have worked with who was a little frightening to you, but in a good way. Somebody that I've worked with. That's a little frightening to you. It was a little frightening to you. But not in a way that, you know, that son of a bitch. You know, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, Let me see. I mean, there may not be anybody, but. I don't really know anybody that. the, The one person that I sometimes, not frightened, but I feel a little strange sometimes, and I love him dearly, and we work together a lot, is Steve Kuhn. Oh, okay. Sometimes I feel that, and I know he's not like this, but he he's quiet, and sometimes you don't know whether he digs what you're doing, yeah. or you're not sure. Not that I need his okay, you know, I don't care. I mean, I don't need patted on the back by him. It's just that sometimes I say, Oh, I wonder if I get on his nerves. Right, I wonder right. if I'm scatting too much. You right. know, I do love to scat sing. Yeah. And uh, I know that he doesn't like scat singing. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Or, or I mean, you know, 
Oh, he's not a, a big, big no, fan. No, he's not of a it, big yeah. fan of scat yeah. singing. And, and uh, you know, and then I asked him one time, and he said, oh, yeah, well, when you do it, it's cute. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Kiss my ass. Cute. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> so, right, you right. know, so, but, but I'm getting over that. The, the one piano player that I think is, is really incredible, and he's on this recording from... Uh, from um, the one that's coming out yeah, from 1991 is, is Alan Broadbent. Yeah. And he did my string quartet, because I did the first string quartet recording after uh, Stan Getz did Focus. Ah, interesting. And I wanted to okay. do a string quartet, okay. and again, I had the problem of getting a record company interested in it. It was too progressive. Yeah, and then uh, High Note, of course, they said they were muse at the time, and he was for it, Joe Fields. And so I got Alan, and he brought Alan, who was on the West Coast at the time. He brought Alan to New York and got the Haraga String Quartet, and, mm -hmm. and we recorded it. Wow. It was Alan, me, the Haraga String Quartet, Harvey, S, as he calls himself right, now. Yes, not yet. And uh, who was the drummer? I forgot who the drummer was. Isn't that must have been Bob Moses? Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was the, that whole string quartet. Wow! And uh, so I'm going to do that again in March. Oh, excellent! On no, the that's 17th great. In in New York City, I forgot the name of the place. It's up on the east side of some kind of a concert hall. Um, I got it through one of my ex students. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Theo Blackman. He talked to this. He told me about this woman. And so I called her, and she she's for it. So. And you're going to perform and have it recorded at the same time? Or? I don't know if it will be recorded. I suppose it could be recorded. Yeah. It might be a nice idea. Yeah, yeah. But, and this is in October? No, it's going to be March. I, I chose... Uh, uh, I chose... Um, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, oh, yes, yes, you yes. Know? Okay. I say good because I know I won't be drinking. No, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that I gave up. Actually, I just spent. I just celebrated 29 years of sobriety. Yes. Oh, and congratulations. Thank no, you. I, actually, it was in January, but I didn't celebrate until wow. last night because I've been on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, during my. Um, my um, my sober date. Yeah, yeah. So um, wow, congratulations. Yeah, that's excellent. Now that is people have. Yeah. If they understood program and they understood yeah. that one day at a yeah. time and yeah. just taking it a little bit at a time. Oh yeah. You know that is a, yeah. a, is a very monumental move, a step it's an to be. Incredible, incredible gift. Yes. Why well, a is. spiritual awakening? Yeah. You know, when I was yeah. out there drinking and drugging. Yeah. And well, I quit drinking on my own for eight years, but. Uh, I got into cocaine, snorting cocaine, and uh, I remember I was coming out of a, I started thinking about drinking, and thinking, ah, some champagne would be nice. Yeah, something is But I didn't pick gonna, it up, yeah. I didn't, I got the spiritual awakening, I'll never forget, I was on a couch in the city, and a voice said, I gave you a gift. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take care of it, I'm going to take it away and give it to somebody else. Yeah. And I was coming out of like a two-day cocaine wow. hit. Yeah, yeah. Man, I jumped up and I said, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and I called. Uh, yeah. you, you know, I when you had mentioned about the Steve uh, yeah. thing, it's, it's working through that kind of thing. I know as, as a musician, you know, it's not like we... we 
care about it, but you kind of want to know you're connecting somehow. Or yeah, and, and I know we are. On. I love it's, singing yeah, with yeah, him. It's just I such love a, singing his compositions. I love the way he plays for me. I love it, but sometimes, little, and that's not to put him down. That's my problem. Right, right, right. That's our you know, recognizing. It's not to put him thing. down. That's just his personality. Yeah, and you work through that yeah. though anyway because yeah, exactly. of the love and the joy that you yeah. have for it. I mean, I've asked him, you know, he says, hey... Yeah, you're one of the only singers that I really want to play with. Yeah, see, and that's that's yeah, says everything. And he stopped playing with singers because he used to work with singers, but he he doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't. Play particular, with yeah, a lot of musicians don't yeah. really. But like I try him. to push his trio though, because he's such a great piano player. Yeah, yes. And he sounds so great, and I'm always after you know him like. Yeah. We need to get your trio <laughs> yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's encouraging uh, yeah. everything. So I have one more question. Yes, my darling. What is the scariest thing that oh. has ever happened to you while performing live? <laughs> <laughs> I was doing, and this just was recently, there's two things that happened to me. When I was at the page three years ago, uh -huh. I was singing Sweet Georgia Brown. Okay, yeah. And I, it, it was going, I guess it went well, and the people were very enthusiastic, and I got all excited, yeah. you know, because, you know, usually the people in that club just talked all the time. <laughs> I listened to nothing. And I, I stepped off the stage, and I sort of was, and I tripped over the mic wire oh. and fell flat on my face. Oh, what a nice, what a nice exit. So I, oh, my God, that was one. And the last thing that happened to me was just recently. Okay. It was at the, the Jazz Journal Association's Award. Okay. Not this year, but last year. Uh-huh. I got up to do something with Cameron, a bass and voice thing, mm -hmm. and my pants fell down. No! Oh, oh no! Yes! No way! Yes! Oh, I, oh no! But I kept singing. I never missed a note. Oh, you kept singing! <laughs> I said, oh my God! No! Oh! And I live with it. And that, you know, and you keep thinking about it for every day. You keep thinking of it all the time. And then I said, is this ever going to leave? Right, right, right. What am I going to do with it the rest of my life? You know, but it, it finally, it went away. Yeah, I mean, but you I kept singing. Stuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I never missed a note. I just, like, pulled them up. The amazing thing was is that the, the top I had on was so long. long. So and I had black stockings. So you couldn't really. And, do. you know, black underwear. So Thankfully, I don't think it was you didn't too say, big. should I wear the white or the black? Yeah, thank God. Go yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. So that was... That was weird. Wow, wow. Yeah, no, that is weird. <laughs> I can it? laugh about it now, mm -hmm. but everybody... And, and, and then Howard Mandel said, do another tune. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not dropping my pants again, man. <laughs> and he wow. laughed, and everybody was cool. Yeah, no, that's great. That's I said, great. one day the picture's going to come out. Somewhere. Oh, yeah, somebody, because everybody's got cameras now. Oh, no, they were taken, on. but nobody's yeah. put it on. No, But one day they're so going to do it. I know they're going to do it one day. Right. Well, that's like amazing because uh, it shows the true professional. Yeah. Like you just keep doing it. You just keep Would going. I stop and say, oh my God, oh, what yeah, else? Yeah, exactly. I just kept singing. Yeah. That's Cameron, incredible. he was so into the music, he didn't even know what happened. Yeah. That's I had even to tell best. him after. <laughs> he, he goes, said, what? what happened? I didn't What's notice. wrong? What happened? I said, I lost my pants. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
Well, it has to be one point, yeah. you know, in the careers. Yeah, has to be one point in the career. So, <clears throat> but those are about the two that I can remember offhand. That's kind. Of, that's it was scary in in a way. You know, something that could be embarrassing. Yeah, bad yeah, that's a little sort of. Yeah, you know, turn yeah. you off and, to all of it. Yeah, but yeah. you just keep doing. Yeah, you keep. Doing so it. now I wanted to ask you in one little thing: if you were to give, since you te- you know you do teach, if you were going to give um, musicians. Um, and singers, um, like some encouragement uh-huh. or you know uh-huh. some advice, and just um, before we close the show out, what yeah. what would that be? My words to any jazz person out there is: we need you. Keep the music alive, whether you're an instrumentalist or a singer, and don't give up. I'm living proof. Hang in there. Don't give up. Support the music until it can support you. Yeah. You know, and it might never support you. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that way, but did I give up? No. Don't give up. A lot of times we get disappointed. Somebody tells you you're no good. Don't believe them. You love this. Do it. Yeah. Don't give up. Wow. That's great. That's excellent. Thank you so much for My doing pleasure, this. My pleasure, Veronica. This is just so wonderful. And that wraps it up for us on Tales from the Jazz Side. There you go. That's it. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, that's it. Oh, wow. The Jazz Side is always there waiting for us to enter and waiting to enter us. So, until next time, unplug your ear holes for you never know what worlds may be waiting for you.